Hello and welcome to the Texan Overtime Podcast. We are back for spring 2018. It's been a little bit of a layoff. Um, last fall's podcast featured myself, Trenton Dashner, as well as Michael Shapiro and Alex Brasenio. Two of us are back for this semester. Um, co-hosting us for this podcast this semester will be obviously myself, Alex Brasenio is back, and Vanessa Lay. So let's just go around the table, briefly kind of introduce ourselves for the viewers. Um, Alex? What's up, people? <laughs> Glad to be back. I hope you missed me. <laughs> Even if you didn't, that's fine. Um, I'm the associate sports editor this semester, I'm covering off-season football. Um, that's about it. Football <laughs> season's over, so I don't really have that's anything true. else to do. Football what season. are you doing? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I covered. Uh, I wrote a piece on the student section seating. Yeah. That's really the most exciting thing that's happening at this point. Wow. So... Not much. Exhilarating. Um, hi, I'm Vanessa Lay. Um, I am the associate sports editor as well. I haven't been on here before, but I'm glad to be here. Yeah, you're a newcomer. Also, what yeah. are you doing, Vanessa? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Vanessa what she's doing this <laughs> that's semester. Nothing. She's graduating after yeah. this semester, so she's chilling, I guess. Yes. And also today, we also have Drew King on, that's right. our women's basketball writer I'm and back. senior staffer. Um, you, we'll get to him a little bit later oh, to talk yeah, some women's question. hoops. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm Trenton Dashner, sports editor this semester, and we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. There was a busy winter break as far as Texas sports goes. Um, really, as soon as um, we stopped printing during the fall semester, big news dropped regarding Texas athletics with the announcement of Chris Del Conte as the new athletic director. He comes from being the AD at TCU. Very splashy hire, um, kind of unexpected. It really kind of dropped out of the blue. Um, Vanessa, Alex, I want to get y'all's reaction to that because Del Conte was known as a, a big-time fundraiser at, at, at TCU, was able to take on some big um, facility projects, and this has really been viewed, I think, in the public eye as just a great hire for Texas. What are, y'all, what are y'all's thoughts? I think the current state that he left the TCU program in says a lot about the athletic director that he is and the athletic director that he can be. I talked to Mike Perrin uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I mean, how highly he spoke of Chris, I think, says a lot about you know what Texas fans should expect from this guy. He said that uh, he's worked with them. He met him a few years ago at a conference, and, and he said he's the best of the best. And so I wouldn't expect with, I mean, the money that Texas has, I don't think they should settle for anything, you know, less than that. Um, I agree with that. I think um, bringing in a new guy, especially with, like, the new football program, I think, definitely will help a lot mm-hmm. in the future. And, and interesting about Del Conte is that he's already kind of had a prior working relationship with Tom Herman um, when Del Conte was the AD at Rice and Herman was an offensive coordinator there many years ago. Um, some more football news. Definitely a lot of football news that happened over the break. There was also the early signing period. Um, Texas right now is the number three ranked class in the country. They did land a bunch of guys, signed a bunch of guys on the first day of the early signing period back in December. Um, Still some work to be done. Um, Herman admitted back then in December. um, National signing day is only a few weeks away. But like I said, the Longhorns do have the number three class. Um, they did land a bunch of big names, some of the state's best in-state talent. I believe seven of the top ten recruits from the state of Texas, um, six of the top 25 DBs in the nation. If there was any doubt about Texas not being DBU anymore, um, I think Texas is kind of on its way to trying to get back to that. 
And then there was also the Texas Bowl win. The Longhorns secured the bag against Missouri, 33-16 to 16 in Houston at NRG Stadium. Me and Alex were there to cover the game. Um, Alex, we'll just hit on that quickly. Pretty big win, I would say, for Texas. It was a bowl win, their first bowl win since 2012, um, and that was their first bowl appearance since 2014. And they also secured their first winning season since 2013. So a bowl win in Tom Herman's first season, pretty convincing win over um, a Missouri team that a lot of people were hyping up their offense going into the game. Just your brief um, reaction from that game. I think getting, I mean, you listed a lot of those. I mean, first winning season, first bowl win. Having those, I mean, in itself is big for the program, just to get over that hump, stop hearing those things in the offseason. Um, however, it's tough for me to say that, you know, a Texas Bowl win in a 7-6 and six season is going to, you know, give the team momentum going into this next season. That going... was much debated on last fall's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if they're working out, you know, saying, like, man, you know, we have so much momentum coming off of that really great 7-6 mm-hmm. and six season. And so... And I think Tom Herman knows that. I think he knows that seven and six, although it is better than the previous years, which I mean is sad, but it is better. Um, I think Herman and the, and the team are aware that you know that that is not where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I totally agree. I think the bowl win was big, but you know, like you said, um, this is definitely the program is. I think the bowl victory and just kind of the celebration of it. Um, you know, it just kind of for me, felt like, wow, you know, this program is a long ways off from where it was. It, that the fact that now Texas is pretty adamantly, like, celebrating just a bowl victory in the Texas Bowl, just how important that they realize that was. To me, walking around after the game, it mm. felt almost kind of like a sigh of relief. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. finally, mm-hmm. you know, these horrendous stretch of three, four years are over. You know, we, we didn't get blown out in a bowl game. We made a bowl game. And, you know, we don't have to to end our season in the last game of the regular season. So I think it was more of a sigh of relief um, that I felt more than anything. Some more off-season news. Uh, Michael Dixon was named the MVP, incredibly, of the Texas Bowl. He put on a punting clinic um, in that game. Is there such a thing? Yes. <laughs> he put on a punting <laughs> the clinic. the best. Um, he, along with some other juniors, are going or have declared for the NFL draft. Malik Jefferson declared for the NFL draft just a few days after that. He's one of five juniors. Um, that Texas has had that have declared along with Connor Williams, Deshaun Elliott, Holton Hill, <laughs> and then you throw in Dixon as well. Um, so, yeah, you have Jefferson who declared on New Year's Eve, which was a little peculiar. Um, those five guys um, will be vying for the NFL um, come April. And then recently, a um, little bit of a shakeup on the staff. Tom Herman um, hired Herb Hand from Auburn, offensive line coach, to be the co-offensive coordinator, offensive line coach at Texas now. Derek Wareheim, the current Texas offensive line coach, um, is will now be the tight ends coach, according to Wareheim's Twitter bio. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of an interesting um, staff shakeup. Just outside and looking at it, um, Texas did have struggles with the offensive line play last yeah. season and with the running game. So maybe you bring in a guy like Hand, who can who's another guy in the game planning room to help out. Um, along with Tim Beck. Tim Beck is, you know, Texas fans' favorite person right I think, now. I think at this point, I think, I mean, it's just been one season, but yeah. I feel like Herman and Texas could have hired a high school coach to be a, you know, a co-offensive coordinator, and Texas fans would have applauded that decision. Yeah. And and just, you know, we're, we're not going to get too deep into this, but just on the outside looking in, it also does kind of set Herman up, and this is all speculation, but say the offense does have another slow start to the season, it is a convenient out 
demote possibly Tim Beck and promote Han. That's just me speculating. But yeah. it is a little bit of an interesting hire, but we'll follow that as this, as the offseason progresses. And uh, finally, of course, recently, sophomore quarterback Shane Bichelle, uh it was announced that he has had surgery on a torn adductor, a hip abdominal muscle. <laughs> Um, that he sustained in the Texas Bowl. How do you spell the doctor? A D D U C T E R, a doctor. Or is it U C T O R? Whatever it is, he had surgery. He, he had surgery on something. <laughs> um, so, he, but he is expected to be back in time for spring football. Um, and just looking at some storylines for the off season, you do have the quarterback battle um, that keep, fans will definitely be um, looking at because um, Tom Herman said Shane. As along with Sam Millinger, Alex's favorite person in the world, <laughs> and the new the newcomers, Cameron Rising and Casey Thompson, the the two new enrollees, they will all be getting um, equal shots, according to what Herman says. So we'll see how the quarterback battle unfolds. Lots of holes to fill in the depth chart for next season. So it should be an inter- in- interesting off season for Texas football. Let's move to men hoops, men's hoops, and Vanessa Lay. It's O R Trent. <laughs> it is O R. Abducted. It is O R. Yeah, yeah, I have it right there. Come on, guy. <laughs> let's let's move to men's hoops. Vanessa is going to recap men's hoops for us All a little right, bit. All right, so let's talk some hoops. Um, recently, we got um, some very sad news. Andrew Jones was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, I am very happy that like the UT community as well as like the basketball team has been very supportive about that. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, the Andrew Jones news was definitely um, heartbreaking and saddening. Um, I, I, th- I agree with you. Like, the, the reaction and um, from UT was incredible. Um, they set up a GoFundMe, or not a GoFundMe, but a fundraising website. I think they last I checked, it's raised over $140,000 um, for Jones and his family, which is just incredible. Um, and the TCU game, it, it was the day of Jones's diagnosis that it was, well, not of his diagnosis, but the day it was announced yeah. that he was diagnosed with leukemia that night, Texas played TCU in an emotional game in Austin at the Irwin Center. Texas won thrilling fashion, double overtime. They wore the AJ1 patches for Andrew Jones one that they're wearing for the rest of the season. I thought it was just, um, you know, an incredible night, an emotional night in shock. You could definitely see it on his face and the guys, the players' emotions after the game that, you know, it it was it was a day bigger than basketball. I wasn't at the game. I watched it from back home because I was, I was back in Seguin. But, I mean, you could tell right from the start that, that they – I was kind of expecting – I was a little worried that they might come out a little flat or, you know, because I, mean, I don't know how do you mm-hmm. respond to that. How does mm-hmm. the team respond to that? And they were saying that in the shoot-around that the team was very loose, which was very surprising to me. But, I mean, like you said, it, it was much more than one conference basketball game. Like mm-hmm. They wanted that. Shaka wanted that. And, you know, I don't know how Fisher missed that game-winning layup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how that fell off the rim. Fell off the rim. But that was one of the bigger wins that Texas has had this season. Um, talking about bigger wins, um, definitely a lot of improvement from last year. Um, definitely with the TCU win and the Texas Tech win, um, but then they dropped. Um, they dropped to West Virginia, thirty-five points. Um, Eighty-seven. Yeah, that was that was bad. Press Virginia. <laughs> you mean <laughs> yes? That was bad. That was a bad loss. So what do you guys? How th- bad was it? <laughs> it's definitely still like an up and down season. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been an up-and-down season for this Texas team. And, and, you know, I think going into the year, everyone expected that this Texas team was going to be 
better than last year with the pieces that they have. Um, Shaka has had a few, um, you know, unfortunate circumstances around the team, obviously with Jones, um, you know, being out for the rest of the year. That's Texas' second leading score that they lose. Um, they missed Kerwin Roach for a few games, um, another starting guard in their backcourt, but he's back now after a fractured left hand. So just bumps in the road like that, that, you know, hits to the roster that, you know, no one saw coming. Um, that's something that this team has, you know, had to adjust to. Um, also, you know, with Mo Bamba kind of coming on, he's he, he's come on lately with Roach uh, with as a scoring, consistent scoring options. But, yeah, this team is still try, kind of trying to figure itself out, I think. And with, you know, Big 12 play right in the middle of it, um, they've got a lot of tough games ahead. So this team is going to have to make, have to pull off some big wins in order to try and get into March. It, it kind of feels like, Texas is somehow sending a completely different team out when they go on the road. Like, yeah. I mean, they gave up a huge uh, lead against Oklahoma yeah. State, and yeah. then they get destroyed. But West Virginia is a little more understandable just because that was the one team that I, I figured would beat Texas handily. And they were close at, at um, in the first half, yeah, too. And then just they just can't close out up, you know. halves or games. And so it just seems like they send out either a different team in the last two minutes of each half, or, I mean, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But... Uh, looking at the rest of their schedule, they're going to have to go. I mean, we were talking about this before uh, this started, but they can go 500 and still make the tournament, right? Like yeah. that. That I mean, with the Big 12, how it is. I mean, yeah, and th- th- they'll probably have to make a, a decent run in the Big 12 yeah. tournament now that the, the, as well. The tough part about that is, you know, going 500 isn't easy. Stuff mm-hmm. to play West Virginia again, play Kansas, play Oklahoma twice. Yeah. Kansas State is still good. Yeah. You got to go to Tech, so, Tech again. I mean, it's tough. I mean, it'd be easy for them to you know, go downhill and just not make the tournament. That, that wouldn't be shocking to me. Yeah, and, like, you you made a great point about the road. This team, you know, they look completely different at home. They seem to play really inspired basketball at home. But, you know, when it gets on the road, it's a different story. I mean, they played really well against Oklahoma State. But, like you said, they blew a 12-point lead late in that game, a game easily that they should have won. So Texas is going to have to figure out how to play on the road because they've got some big road games coming up. Um, so let's move, to, let's move to women's hoops. We're going to introduce – Drew King, formerly here, he's 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 our one of our women's hoops writers this semester. Um, the women's basketball team has been one of the most successful teams on this campus the past Absolutely. few years. Um, it's like no question about it. Karen Aston's done a great job with this program. Um, Texas is fifteen and three, six and one in the Big Twelve. They hosted number one UConn last week, barely lost seventy five to seventy one. Um, kind of a bad loss to TCU before that. Um, so that yes. was that was a bit of a rough patch in the schedule for them but they just had a 90 to 39 victory over texas tech this past weekend pretty resounding win right there <laughs> so drew I'll, I'll just start it off me alex and Vanessa are going to ask you you know some questions about this team but i'm gonna start it off what is your assessment of this team so far because they definitely look better than last year but it's still i don't know for me outside looking in it's still kind of uncertain about how far this team can go what do you think well so I definitely agree that this team is better than last year. They have improved their outside shooting so much that it's become really, really easy for them to score. They're one of the top uh, offenses in the nation right now. And it's because they're able to have so many threats along the perimeter. So um, that has really helped them on offense. They're playing really fast, as I reported on um, last week before the Texas Tech game. They're the fastest team ranked in the mm-hmm. AP poll right now um, which is an incredible stat absolutely yeah um, so Texas can score at will 
pretty much on anybody. The big question is how well that they're going to play on defense come tournament time. Mm-hmm. And do you, you have a question? Yeah. Um, so tournament time, do you think they'll finally make the final four this year? It's tough. Um, man, that's a great question. I think that they definitely have the talent to make it there. They have uh, seniors like Brooke McCarty and Ariel Atkins who have been here before, right? Mm-hmm. LaShawn Higgs has really come on lately. Um, and then you've got you know younger younger players like Suge Sutton, like Joyner Holmes, who are um, still finding their role on the team. Suge Sutton's been coming off the bench as a sixth man, has been okay in that role. We'll see how she does come March. Joyner Holmes is still having to come back from being suspended in the fall she's still finding her role with this new team um she's also coming off the bench and then i think the big question mark for whether or not this team can make that deep of a push is going to be jatari white Mm -hmm. um so for those who don't know jatari transferred from south carolina Um, she didn't play at all last year to the due to the transfer rule and she's been really really good lately um i believe she's at let me look at her stats here she is averaging I have it pulled up, I promise. <laughs> Here we go. She's averaging 10 points, 10.7 points per game. There we go. And 5.9 rebounds. But um, Karen Aston said the other day, you know, the more that they're looking at her inside and the more the more that she's becoming comfortable playing alongside them. And when she looks good, she looks really, really good. She's a force to reckon with inside the paint. So you get the sense that, you know, this Texas team still trying to th- – a little bit figure itself out, figure itself out. You think a little bit as it as it kind of moves further into Big Twelve play. Is that kind of what the definitely, we're definitely. You yeah. know, they only have three seniors on the team, so a lot of and it, a lot of lot of new players. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you're not new to the team, you might not have played as much, and that's the case with players like Jordan Hosey or Jada Underwood, who rode the bench for most of last season, but are getting minutes this se- this year. And they're also like yeah. trying to figure out where they fit on this team. I think that with more time, they'll figure everything out. But it's just going to take time. Let's move to tomorrow night, which oh, by yes. the time this podcast will come out, it'll be the day of um, Thursday night, big game in Waco, number three Baylor. Longhorns headed for a big road matchup. Um, Texas did defeat Baylor last year in Waco. So you and Justin, you and Justin Martinez are other women's basketball writers. You, you both will be there. Um, Drew, you wrote about Baylor's Kalani Brown yesterday, or or in today's paper, I should say, um, and how big of a threat that she poses to Texas. Um, she's a great center for Baylor. What's the key for Texas in this game? Because this is obviously the marquee Big Twelve game for them every single year, and they're going to go to a hostile environment in Waco. What does Texas need to do to win this game? So I, I talked to Ariel Atkins yesterday about that, like what. Why does Baylor always go hard on mm. Texas? Because before, no, that's <laughs> Just the truth. To put it simply, yeah. To put this simply, so last season that we won in in Waco, but before that we had lost fourteen straight games to Baylor. Like Baylor always does well against Texas. So I asked Ariel Atkins, and she said they're always well coached. They know what they're doing, and they're going to do what they're going to do, and you can't stop them. And a large part of that is because of not. Not Jatari White, Kalani Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kalani Brown is a six foot seven center, 
absolute mm. force who's, to be reckoned who's with. Who's Texas' tallest player? Texas has three players that are 6'4". That is Jatari so, White okay. and the two Karen Goudreau yeah. twins. So mm-hmm. we're giving up a lot of height on Kalani Brown. And I asked Ariel, who played with Kalani on Team USA over the summer, I said, how do you stop her? And she just said, you have to jump on her back. There is no way to stop her. <laughs> so... The key for Texas is going to be to slow Kalani down somehow, whether you have to double-team her, whether you put someone smaller on her but maybe a little bit faster. Um, you just can't let her do score at will, which is what she's done to every other team this season. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yes. So if you're playing some pickup basketball at Greg yeah. and you have to guard a 6'7 dude, mm-hmm. what do you do? So the key for me would be not to sit behind them. Right. Don't let them seal me in the paint. So you want to get in front of your man so that if they lob it, you have a chance to tip it. Do you think you could tip it if he's six seven? If he's six seven, <laughs> it depends on how good of a lob it is. Which for Kalani Brown, she has some pretty good passers to get her the ball. But it, I'm also not giving up as much height as Jatari White. Or no, they aren't giving as uh, they aren't giving up as much height as I would be if I was guarding a six seven. So if they were three inches taller than you, you would still just get in front of I them. think so. Okay. One final note about women's basketball, because um, we're running out of time. But, you know, just to kind of touch back on Vanessa's points earlier about, you know, your prediction for this team the rest of the season. They've made the Sweet 16 the last three years, I believe, right? Yes. This team has really ascended under Karen Aston. you know. I mean, it, the program has really taken been taken to new heights. Um, but the next hurdle is to get to the Final Four, right? Like this team, do you think that they? This is the year that this team can get over that hump. Um, can they make a longer run than the Sweet Sixteen? Do, like, is that the realistic expectation? I think it has think? to be yeah. because after this year, you don't have Brooke, right? You're losing you don't a have lot. Ariel, and you don't right. have Audrey and Karen Goudreau, mm-hmm. um, and those are real leaders on this team. Um, so there, there's going to be fall off next year. You think? I think there will be an adjust an adjustment period mm-hmm. next year where. You have to rely more on Shug Sutton. You mm-hmm. have to rely more on LaShawn Higgs. And it's not that they won't be capable, but it will take right. a, a huge adjustment. But but this is, with, with Karen Asson having been at UT for, this is her fourth year now, I believe, right? Fifth. Fifth year, fifth year. This is the best team that she's had. By far. So this is her window, you think? I think As, so. For right now. For, no, for yeah. right now. And it's not that, you know... They're going to have... Yeah, they're going to they, have They might be teams. better next right. year, but to this, be honest. Yeah. But um, because... She's done, Karen Aston has done such a good job recruiting mm-hmm. players Absolutely. that I think they will continue to get better. But like I said, this, this is, is the year that they could really put together a really deep run. Mm-hmm. And after this year, it's going to take yeah. some time to get back to the way things yeah. were. Well, we'll see how the women's basketball team finishes up the season. They did play number one UConn really tough um, last week at the Irwin Center, so that I think that really kind of proved to the country a lot about um, what, what, what this team can do. Um, lastly, just to wrap up, because um, we are pretty much out of time, but we're the Super Bowl is coming up. It's not this weekend, but the next weekend. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. Patriots are back in the Super Bowl again. Tom Brady in his eighth Super Bowl, which to me is just insane to think about. Not even a Seth Wickersham ESPN piece can take down Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and company. Guys, what are y'all Super Bowl t- predictions really quickly? Um, I think the Eagles will win. <laughs> Even though I I saw like a meme on Twitter that said 
um, Tom Brady's hand injury was actually just to add a yeah. six yeah. six finger, <laughs> but that's not that's not happening. So you've got they, you've got Nick got, Foles yes. and the Eagles. Okay. Vanessa also said on the record she thinks Nick Foles is the greatest quarterback <laughs> of all time. Shout out to Nick Foles, by the way, Austin Westlake guy. Um, Drew, who do you got? I don't think you can bet against Tom Brady. Oh yeah. So yeah. I'm going with the I mean, Patriots. You can. I mean, <laughs> why would you lose? Why would you would not win? Uh, yeah, I'm with. I said this yesterday at our meeting. I've gotten to the point to where I don't really hate the Patriots anymore. I'm kind of rooting for the dynasty now because I'm tired of rooting against them. You're and so losing. far into it. At like this point. I've rooted against them so long. And Eighteen years. I've ended up upset. You I'm know. still rooting against. Them. It's like rooting against Alabama. Don't. But do I it. know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like well, the Warriors too. Yeah. Well, I've got the Patriots as well. I, I, I just don't see how Bill Belichick's going to lose to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. But yeah. it should be a, it should be an interesting game um, here in the next week and a half. It's coming up quick. I have to give a quick shout-out to uh, Rella Boo. Rella! Yeah, so I was on the bus, and um, we were just having a good conversation, and she asked me if I was an athlete. And I don't think I've ever been as flattered as I was in that moment. <laughs> what sport? I didn't ask her that. I didn't want to ask because then I'd get my. She should see you on the basketball court. She shouldn't. No, (laughs) she should not. Anyway, for the record, somebody out there who was a D1 athlete at Texas, for some reason, was under the assumption that I was a D1 athlete as well. So just think about that. There you go. (laughs) Anything is possible. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. Um, Special thanks to JT Lindsay for helping set up this podcast. Tune in for next week's episode. We're going to try and do these every week. Make sure to follow The Daily Texan on Twitter at The Daily Texan and follow the Texan Sports Department on Twitter at Texan Sports. Download the Texan Overtime podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure to check out any sports news about UT on DailyTexanOnline.com. Read up what's going on. We will have all of your coverage there. For Alex, Vanessa, and Drew, thank you guys for coming on today. I am Trent. We will be back next week.